to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. Yeah, what's going on, Fantasy World? Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. You know who I am by now, or at least you should. My name is William Spencer, and I'm your host for the evening. Well, by the time this thing drops, it'll be the morning. So, whatever. Ignore that last part. <laughs> Man, I hope week one was as kind to you as it wasn't for me. Did I say that right? No, that don't, that don't sound right. Look, man, if you had a good week one, you know, congratulations to you. You know, all that good stuff. If your week one kind of sucked, you know, players didn't show out for you like you needed to, like um, <coughs> Tom Brady, <coughs> Nick Chubb, <coughs> Odell Beckham. Like, it was like... Mike Evans, the list goes on of players who, you know, you got them at a high draft value. You know, you're expecting certain things from them. And then you got squat. Now, for me, I actually went across all my leagues. I went and tallied up my week one and I went nine and eight across all of my leagues. When you when the, the bad games happen, I, they were just bad, like all the players that I had, you know, like the ones I mentioned, Nick Chubb, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I got in a couple leagues and it was just like you got nothing from them. Keenan Allen sucked. Uh, Tyrod Terry. Well, I kind of this is not no victory type. This is not a victory lap type of thing, but I already had a feeling Tyrod Taylor was going to be trash. And, you know, you weren't disappointed on that. End. Uh, and he had a, he had a pretty sweet matchup against the Bengals for week one and he did not deliver whatsoever and then he was targeting Mike Williams and you know it just Keenan Allen was you know he was bad maybe it was because of Tyrod more than likely it was because of Tyrod I'm gonna say it is Tyrod is trash it, it, you shouldn't even be playing him in your lineups but you know if you had players that were bad for week one Hopefully you didn't overreact. Remember, I told you in the last episode, don't overreact. You know, the you know, bad games are going to happen. If it turns into stretches, then you got to make some moves. But you don't overreact over one game. And I hope that you didn't. I hope you hung on to some of those players because now you're heading into week two and the matchups are going to start getting easier. Just got to look at the schedule and see what's going on and tune into the podcast so that way we can put you on, you know, keep you aware of what's going on around the NFL and who's doing what and, you know, things like that. So, you know, we're going to get into this episode. We're going to do a Thursday night preview um, ahead of the game, uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to wrap up our divisional breakdown for this, uh, for this series. We're going to get that out of the way. We're going to do the NFC East. I wanted to do it with the guys, but we get the show must go on. I got to lock this baby down so we can jump right full swing into the regular season for fantasy. Um, I, you know, when you're in a league and you really want to win this particular league and you start off with a week one bomb and, and it's like, you want to, you, you can't talk trash. Like I'm, I'm in that mode now. Like, there's one particular league, my top tier league, man. I wanted to win that John so bad for week one. And it's like to flop like that, it's it's a hurt piece. You know you can't talk trash in your league chats after you go 0 and 1 to start. The kicker though, the guy I talked the most trash with in that league, he went 0 and 1. And he swore he had the W all locked in. Shout out to my guy Aaron for putting him down. <laughs> thank you thank you very much i can sleep a little easier as i head in the week too but we're not going to keep you guys waiting for too much longer you know what we got to do right now follow the podcast on twitter instagram facebook across your social media at fantasy's finest is the is the handle you can follow the host too me you can follow me will at hype underscore finest you can follow Jalen at ace underscore eca4 and you can follow uh, Mark at McNucks. And, you know, them guys, they're tripping right now. Uh, the PlayStation 5 price just dropped. You know, everybody's going gaga over the, you know, how much? $500? You, 
yeah, I'm gonna drop it. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and say, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that. I can wait, you know, because of the pandemic, you're not gonna get you're likely not gonna get a whole bunch of I would be shocked because when everything started shutting down, um, it seemed like there was not there was no way to get the things that you needed, even if it was tech wise. Like I just I, I just got my uh camera from Logitech and it took almost three it took me almost two months to find one and then I had to go purchase it and it took a little bit longer. So hopefully that doesn't happen with the PlayStation 5. I know everybody's looking forward to getting that. It would be nice if we had a stimulus check to come out, you know, throw some bread down, put it to the side so I can get it. But, you know, push come to shove. You just have to squirrel away some bread and, you know, pay for it. So, uh, but, with, you know, we, we did enough talking. Let's get into the news and then we're going to go to our Thursday night breakdown and then we're going to close the show out with the NFC East breakdown. Let's get into it. News time. News and notes from around the NFL. Okay, so first, you know, the sad part is with every week that you get into in fantasy, you got to do some injuries. It's just something that you have to deal with, especially now because we didn't get a preseason. We didn't get a long train. Well, not we. The players didn't get a long uh, training camp. They didn't get a preseason to warm their bodies up for the for the regular season. So you're going to have a lot more injuries. I would say you're going to have a lot more in, uh, injuries this year than you have had in the past for the beginning of the season. So if you got any of these players I'm about to go over right now, you might need to make some, you know, flex them GM skills if you have to. And hopefully you hit hit the waiver wire hard if you have any of these players on your um team. First up. Saints receiver Michael Thomas was diagnosed with a high ankle injury, high ankle sprain. Um, at first, it was expected that he was going to try and play through it. But upon further diagnosis, it's actually worse than what it was. So now he's going to miss several weeks. Um, according to Ian Rappaport, he, you know, he's going to try and push through it and come back as soon as possible. But we all know how high ankle injuries work or at least we've seen enough to know that when players try and come back earlier than what they're scheduled, you know, based on the time frame of the injury and recovery, their production tends to drop. Um, you know, like I said before, we've seen it with Saquon. Well, I've said it on Twitter. You see, we've seen it with uh, Saquon. We've seen it with Alvin Kamara last season. Um, it's just a sucky injury to have because it lingers for so long. So if you have Michael Thomas, Maybe you can flip him. I've seen a couple guys um, in some of my leagues try and trade him, uh, try and get something back from him. You know, to lose a guy of that caliber so early in the season for maybe three or four weeks is a hurt piece. So, you know, if, you, if you've drafted wide receiver deep enough, you should be able to withstand the blow. Um, if not, maybe you should try and start trying to make some trades, put him on the block and see what you can get for him. Um. Broncos running back Philip Lindsay is dealing with turf toe. He's expected to miss in the next few weeks, and he's currently seeking a second opinion. Um, turf toe is a nasty injury. Um, Devontae Adams had it a couple seasons ago, and he missed about three weeks. He missed three games, and then he was able to come back. So Melvin Gordon is going to be the man. Um, Royce Freeman will likely, likely uh, back him up. But if you got Melvin Gordon, um, he should be getting a bump in his work. Uh, you know, because of Philip Lindsay, Lindsay being out. Head coach Brian Flores says that Devontae Parker is taking things one day at a time. Parker went down with a hamstring injury during a New England game in week one. Um, when that news popped, I wasn't really, I, I'll say this. When injuries happen to players like this late in the week, I tend not to play them. And, be, and the reason is because they're going to try and play through it. Uh, we saw that with Mike Evans. Uh, he went all the way up to the wire, and then they said he was good to go, and then he saw, like, two targets. Now, whether that's because of, you know, the team being fresh on offense, you're not gelling, you know, because of not a, not having any live action or Tom Brady moving away from him or Marshawn Lattimore shutting him down, whatever the case may be, the injury was the first thing that was a red flag for me. I'm like, 
if Mike Evans is trying to come back from a hamstring injury that was hurting him all, all week, mm-mm, he can hit the bench. And I know it's a little risky because of the kind of player he is, but to put him out there and get a donut is even worse. So he can get a donut on my bench, and you know I'll try and play it safe. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss, but when you get that feeling, man, it's like, nah, this don't feel right. Nine times out of ten, you're probably right. Devontae Parker was one of those guys, too. Um, I really wanted... I was really hoping he was going to play and try and be a decoy so that Preston Williams can go off. But when he went down with the injury, uh, Stephon Gilmore slid over to Preston Williams and shut him down. So that didn't really work out. Moving forward, Eagles running back Miles Sanders practiced in full on Wednesday. He's looking to make a comeback from week two uh, because he was out with a hamstring injury and he missed week one's matchup, slaughter, annihilation, destruction, uh, from the Washington football team. Yes, I'm being extra. You know I don't like the Eagles, but I did pick Washington. <laughs> I did pick Washington's defense uh, to start for fantasy. Um, so you can check that that uh, tweet out on Twitter. It was there, you know, victory lap. But um, no. But all jokes aside, um, the Eagles having Miles Sanders back should benefit them greatly. Um, they're gonna start ramping up. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's reps they just want to make sure that he's healthy he didn't see a lot of playing time um, in week one Jalen Reger uh, he saw about 55 percent of snaps I'll fact check that but I think that's what the number was and um, they should be seeing more work Um, Goddard had a heck of a game Um, 101 yards two touchdowns he went off like he I Yo, he's making a case that you don't need Zach Ertz around. With all the beefing that him and Howie uh, Roseman have been doing the last couple of days, uh, all in the news, arguing in front of players, man, if you can find a team, if I'm Howie Roseman and it's that bad or it's perceived to be that bad, i definitely flip uh, Zach Ertz and keep Dallas Goddard. That's what you got him for. I mean, isn't it? I mean... Or is it really just was it really just to stick it to the Cowboys because they needed a tight end at the time and you jumped in front of them to get him? It's got to be more than that. Howie's petty, but Howie's smart too. Um, and Ertz wants a lot. Of, he's I don't know how much he wants, but considering what the other uh, tight ends have gotten and new contracts, that could be the baseline. And the Eagles may not have the bread to pay him, and if they don't. You might as well try and get something for him now before he runs the rest of his contract out and he's a free agent. So there's that. Moving on. Um, huge news. Well, huge rumors broke uh, Tuesday afternoon regarding wide receivers Odell Beckham and wide receiver Allen Robinson. Um, the Browns were reportedly trying to shop uh, Odell Beckham, which doesn't make a lot of sense because you kind of need him right now. He's the only wide receiver. He's the only big name wide receiver there. You still have Jarvis Landry, but he's still, you know, tweaked from the the hip injury, I believe. So really you only got Odell Beckham and that's it in the passing game to get rid of him now would be a huge mistake, especially for you. You know, you just have Stefanski sliding over as the new head coach. So uh, getting rid of Odell Beckham doesn't seem like the smartest of moves, but you know, the Browns haven't been known to make the smartest of moves anyway. Um, as far as Allen Robinson's concerned, he's just, he's upset because he doesn't have a new contract yet. He's on the final year of his deal. He wants to get paid the market value for wide receivers. The bears have been apprehensive to do that. Um, partly because, you know, they have a quarterback who can't hit the brass out of a barn. So I guess that I can assume that's why they're leery of it. Allen Robinson is a talent, but you definitely need a quarterback there that can get him the ball. Um, he deleted everything. He did, deleted everything Bears related off of his Twitter account. Um, he didn't request a trade, though. A uh, His agent came out later and said that he didn't request a trade, but it was just the fact that uh, Allen Robinson didn't feel like he's being wanted by the team. But later reports came out uh, before I came on to record 
that him and Matt Nagy had a conversation. Everything seems to be smoothed over and he's not going to let uh, contract extension talks get in the way and be a distraction. So that's good on him. Hopefully they do pay him. You know, he's a, he's a pretty good wide receiver. Um, and he's in a similar situation like uh, Odell. He's the guy over there in Chicago. So, you know, he I don't know if he should get, you know, top five wide receiver money, but you could probably make a case for him to throw him in the top 10 as far as getting paid. That'll wrap it up for our news. Let's keep it moving. It's time for the Thursday night football preview. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a good one. And now for our feature presentation. Now, I know when you saw this game on your schedule, you're like, really? Who the heck is scheduling these games at the NFL headquarters? This is ridiculous. Thursday night, second week into the football season, and we got to watch this. Now, for fantasy purposes, it's not. I don't think it's a great game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, when you watch them play the Chargers, uh, they didn't look. I, I didn't get the feel that they were a prolific team. And, you know, you got a rookie in Joe Burrow, his first game of the regular season. Everybody has is going to have growing pains this season because of the lack of an offseason. But when you watch the game, did you really sit there and watch the whole game? You know, did you see Joe Burrow and say, you know, man, this dude is ridiculous. He did have a nice uh, touchdown run. It was like 21 yards or something like that. 21. And then he ran it right into the end zone untouched. But outside of that play, it didn't, it didn't feel, you didn't get to feel like the hype behind him was a part of the game uh, when he was playing. I don't know. It just didn't feel, it didn't feel right for me. He went uh, 23 for 36 for 193 yards, throwing the ball 36 times. And you only got, you didn't even clock over 200 yards. He does have a rushing floor. He has the ability to move his legs, but I don't know if he's one of those guys that he can get out of, get out in space and do damage. You know, he seemed a little hesitant. If it's not a design run, he didn't seem, you know, pro running to me um, during that game against the Chargers. Um, He only had 16.3 fantasy points for the game. That's not great. Um, And to throw the ball that long and you didn't even throw a rush uh, passing touchdown isn't great either. And that that kind of affects the rest of the team. A.J. Green had nine targets, which is great. Um, but he only had 51 yards, no score, and no other wide receiver had more than 50 yards. Tyler Boyd didn't even get targeted. I mean, he didn't even get his uh, first catch until uh, late in the third, uh, excuse me, not late in the third, but in the middle of the third quarter. So you can't say that Joe Burrows, you know, I don't know if he's spreading the ball around, but to for Tyler Boyd to not get a catch until the third quarter, that's not good. Um, not good at all. So I don't know. I, I, I pivoted from Tyler Boyd. Um, I went over and got Paris Campbell from the uh, Colts. Um, I, I like, I like volume and opportunity and it seems like, for, you know, it's still early. Maybe Tyler Boyd turns it around, but somebody else can take that. Um, if they want him off waivers, but I, I, I like the volume. I like the targets and I try and go and where go and find what's the best situation and what the tar- where the targets are coming from. Joe Mixon had a pretty decent game. He's got the volume, so he's a little safer, but he only went, uh, he only had 69 yards on 19 carries, average 3.6 yards per carry. The Chargers defense is formidable, but I don't think they're that tough that you can't, you know, do a little better on the ground against them, especially with the volume, the work you had. Um, this is why it plays into the Browns strength, which is going to be running the ball. They got, for whatever reason, Stefanski got really cute this game. He was calling, you know, three and four wide receiver sets. He wasn't running a ball enough. I mean, if you combine, you know, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's carries, you know, 23 carries total, but that's it. 
You only ran the ball 23 times between one. Now, for one guy, it would be great. You know, it's split day. But the split work between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now, while you do have a more dynamic rushing attack with those two on the field, you kind of pattered away from it, you know, calling all these pass plays, which is weird because both uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt average over five five yards a carry. So if you're killing them on the ground, why are you trying to make Baker throw the ball? That's what I didn't understand when I was watching the highlights. I'm like, it doesn't make sense for for you to do that. I mean, I know you may want to get you can get the pass game going by using the run game, but it didn't seem like he did that, which is weird. It, it maybe it's another page of his playbook that we never saw in Minnesota, but he don't need to get fancy. You got two running backs that are very good, very talented. Rely on them, use them. Because you don't have that many passing um, weapons. Austin Hooper only got two targets. You paid him $10 uh, $10 million, and he only got two targets. And David Njoku's out. He's on IR. He's going to be on IR for the next three games. So you have Odell. You have a slightly injured, semi-recovered Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. That's what you got to work with as far as the receiving core. But you know Kareem Hunt can catch. He had four targets uh, for nine yards. He could be a little better on that, but maybe the targets suck because Baker Mayfield was throwing some ducks out there, man. It was like uh, unbelievable. So maybe you calm Baker down, use the run game, which is effective, and then you let Baker, you know, you expand Baker's passing. Start on a small intermediate range and then let him work out and start throwing a ball downfield if you need to. But in this game um, against the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm running the ball down their throat. They gave up, you know, for the right now, they gave up the second most rushing yards to uh, the Chargers running backs. 148 yards total. I would definitely use that in, in my advantage for using uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And it, and if they go to a runner, excuse me, not a runner, a run-heavy attack, both of those guys are going to be viable fantasy-wise. So I would I would definitely, I'm definitely starting Nick Chubb. Um, and if you have Kareem Hunt, he's getting enough work where he'll be able to be a, a fantasy asset too. They're going to have to start running the ball a lot more. You're going to have to beat... You're going to have to stop the run in order to beat the Browns if the Browns don't beat themselves. So, yeah, I'm starting. I'm starting. Uh, I'm starting most of the Browns if I have them. Odell, he saw 10 targets. He only had three catches. He had this ugly drop in the second quarter. Ugly. It's like he didn't even realize the ball was coming to him. Hit him in the hands and it went straight down. I've never seen Odell have a ball like that. I don't know what he was thinking at the time. I couldn't tell you, but hopefully he shakes that off. He's getting the volume. um, So you know that the targets are going to be there. They're going to get him the ball as much as possible in a passing game, which is great for his fantasy volume. And the Bengals kind of suck, you know, in their secondary. So you have, he has an opportunity. A lot of the Browns players, um, I believe have an opportunity to bounce back this week. They have an easier matchup. Um, the Bengals defense is not great. And you can, um, like I said before, the run game has to be used. Stefanski got away from it by playing cute and playing all these wide receiver sets. When the run game is one of the strongest pieces in the Browns uh, offense. So if you got Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt, you got Odell um, based on their volume. Uh, I'm starting them. Nick Chubb is going to have a bounce back game. I believe Nick Chubb is going to have a bounce back game. Kareem Hunt's getting the touches and Odell's getting the targets. So that's where I'm alive with. I don't know if you want to start as far as the, the Bengals go. I'm not sure you want to start any of them yet. Tyler Boyd. I can't, I can't trust at all. Burrow's not looking his way. Um, AJ Green. He might be the only one that you can start. Um, you're not going to risk it for Joe Burrow. He should be a QB too, or he should be on waivers. Um, he's not at the point right now. He may not be at the point in the beginning of the season where 
you can trust him in your in your lineup. You know, he's still getting his feet wet. He's getting up to NFL speed. Um, he he has the talent, but right now for fantasy, he's just way too risky to put in your lineup. I would avoid using Joe Burrow. If he blows up, I would be totally shocked because it would be a tale of two games. The first game, he did not look like he was going to be a prolific quarterback. And then to expect him to try and do that against one of the better uh, pass rushers in the league, you know, like Miles Garrett, and a in a bad offensive line with the that the Bengals have, I can't see it. So I can't start. The only uh, Cincinnati Bengal that I'm starting is AJ Green, and this maybe at a flex, maybe. But you don't want to jack your lineup too, so you probably put him at your wide receiver two spot and leave your flex spot open. So that way, if you do need to pivot to a different position if you wanted if you had a running back or you have a wide receiver who has a better matchup you can play it that way and leave a flex spot open but um at at best AJ Green is going to be a wide receiver too for this game so let me know how I did man this is my first Thursday night football breakdown I normally do the articles um I'm probably going to still do an article in you know uh just for you know kicks and giggles but uh check out the article it'll be dropping a little later um after the podcast i have a few more articles dropping too you know we're going to have our injury report as we head into uh the deeper part you know sunday for our week two and i also will be having the injury report uh constantly being updated as well so check out the fantasiesfinance.com check out those reports i got some other things in the works as well so stay tuned but we got that out of the way Now let's get into the divisional breakdown, the NFC East. Oh, yeah. Divisional breakdown, the NFC East. Okay, now first up, we have these stinking, dirty, lame. Now let me stop. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do too much. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't like the Eagles. Come on. You guys know this. If you listen to the show, you see my tweets, you know, I don't like the Eagles. But like I always say, you can't really be biased for fantasy football. So, you know, while I don't like the Eagles, they did manage to finish nine and seven last year. It came down to a showdown between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles for the division. And the Cowboys blinked that uh, Dallas was not prepared Dak had a horrible game. The Eagles took advantage. They kicked the Dallas Cowboys right out of the running. And they won the division at 9-7. and seven. That's all it took. And Carson Wentz did it without a wide receiver over 500 yards. That is impressive. It is very impressive. It shows you the kind of talent that Carson Wentz actually has when he's healthy. He's 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 legit. There's no getting around it right now to be able to do something like that. With nothing. Nothing at all. They didn't go out and get him a wide receiver in the middle of the season. Alshon Jeffrey went down with injuries. Uh, Deshaun Jackson went down with injuries. He did have a great tight end tandem in uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. But you need wide receivers out there. Somebody's got to be able to catch the ball at the wide receiver position. And he had a bunch of no name subway cashier guys catching the ball for him. Now I will say Greg Ward stood out amongst, you know, the nobodies. And now he's got a slot receiver job. That's excellent. That shows, you know, Greg Ward has some talent. Nelson Aguilar sucked last year. And you can say, you know, I'm a hater because Nelson Aguilar was good in 2017 yeah come on let's be real here even if you're an eagles fan listening you knew nelson aguilar sucked philly knew nelson aguilar sucked he was trash so don't try and tell me otherwise but to carson wentz to be able to do what he did shows the kind of talent that he has he just got to stay healthy he finished the qb 10 last year with nobodies as a top 10 quarterback in fantasy with nobodies. Now, I'm not going to say that you were starting them every week, 
because he did have some clunkers. And that's not hate. You All you got to do is look at his stats. That's not hate at all. But Carson Wentz comes into the 2020 season, and, you know, he has a healthy Deshaun Jackson for now. Um, He has Jalen Reger. He has Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. He has Miles Sanders, who, by all intents and purposes, he's going to have a crazy year this year because they have rookies at wide receiver, which isn't a real knock because I'm kind of high on uh, Jalen Reger. I really want him to do well this year, despite the fact that he's an eagle. Um, If Deshaun Jackson can give you at least 13 games, that's a plus. That's a real big deal because Deshaun Jackson is getting older and his body cannot stay. It hasn't been able to stay healthy for a full season for quite some time. You may get Alshon Jeffrey back, but he's, what is he, 32, 31? Frank, he's coming back from a Liz Frank injury, and he wasn't fast to begin with. And he cost him a lot of money. Like, you, Alshon Jeffrey coming back, I have to agree with Jalen. He said it before on a podcast. It might actually hurt the Eagles offense because what they're going to now is they're going for speed. They have a bunch of fast guys out at the wide receiver position to spread the field out. And Alshon Jeffrey coming back, if he gets that starting role again, it could hurt the offense. But, you know, that's more of of a predictive thing. We'll see how that goes downfield later on down the way. But Carson Wentz has a legit chance to go up um, this year. Uh, he has a rock. He has, he has had a rocky start. That Washington game was not great. Um, by all means, it was horrible. And now he has a groin injury, or he was dealing with a groin injury out of camp. Uh, before this, you know, before the season started, maybe that's what the soft is. Is hmm, sound like a, a Porky Pig, but he that maybe that soft tissue injury was the groin injury that seemed to. Uh, or that they're alluding to that was hampering his uh, progress. I'm not buying that as far as it affecting his game. For whatever reason, the Eagles just took their foot off the gas. They had the Washington football team dead to rights, up 17 to zero, and then to allow 27 unanswered points is just ridiculous. The offensive line has injuries. Um, the The defense has injuries at the linebacker position. Um... Vinnie Curry went out. He's going to be lost for a month. Brandon Graham is in a concussion protocol. They have a lot of issues, but there's, they still have a shot. You know, they're one of the, they're one of the few teams in the division that still have continuity at the coaching position. They still have Doug Peterson. Um, He has to be a little more creative in his play calling, but you know, he's won a Super Bowl. So you can't write him off as, oh, well, he don't know what he's doing. Come on, man. Are you serious? He won a freaking Super Bowl. It's all Eagles fans brag about. So you can't really come down on him. He's got, At the very least, he's earned himself some leeway to, you know, to make a few mistakes as a head coach. Nobody's going to call a perfect game all the time. But that game was bad. I'm not going to fraud but give him, you know, the season just started. Give him a little, you know, leeway before you jump all on him. Because that's all they did in uh, on Philly Sports Radio. They killed him. Rightfully so, because they're upset. But at the same time, it's like, all right, come on. Miles Sanders, I'm really high on this year. Uh, he has the potential to break out. You saw what he did the latter half of uh, the 2019 season when Jordan Howard went down. He came out of nowhere. Well, he didn't come out of nowhere. He was a second round pick, but you didn't, you weren't expecting that based on what you saw in the first half. He looked a little jittery. Uh, he had a couple of fumbling issues earlier in the season. Jordan Howard was actually playing pretty well before he went down with an injury, but then Miles Sanders took that role and ran with it and he earned the starting job and he's the bell cow for the Eagles. Versatile running back. He can do it all. And you, that's what you look for earlier in fantasy he was he was being drafted in late in the first round and they need pass catching weapons out of the backfield miles sanders can be that for you the hamstring injury starting off for the season you know it sucked yeah 
but he's back. He's we already covered it in our news segment. Uh, he practiced full on Wednesday, so he should be a go for week two. Um, you just have to hope that he stays healthy. I mean, I think that's one of the keynotes for if you've drafted Eagles players, you want them to stay healthy. And it's not really a dig at them. They've dealt with injuries the last two seasons or more. You look at the 2017 season and on, they had guys dropping like flies. So you really want them to stay healthy. You already know what you're getting in guys like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is going to see more work this year because you have, a bunch. like I said before, you're going to have a bunch of rookies out there at the wide receiver receiver position. So you're going to need some of your more sure-handed guys to help you help Carson Wentz out. And Dallas Goddard is one of those. Zach Ertz is one of those. So those guys uh, definitely could be fantasy relevant going, uh, moving down the lane. Now let's move on to my boys, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I want to be, I want to be hyped for them this year. Um, we got some new coaching changes. The whole, the whole defense rather is scraped. And now you have a new uh, coaching staff for the defense. Mike McCarthy has come over. Um, Kellen Moore has returned as the offensive coordinator. There's, continuity in there not as much as you have with uh doug peterson and eagles but in terms of offense not much is really going to change mike mccarthy's going to add his you know he's going to sprinkle in his style of play into kellen moore's playbook but as you know in terms of the offense you're not going to see you're not going to see i would be shocked if you see anything high flying for the next maybe two weeks it's still early and this is across the board. A lot of teams are getting their feet wet. They're getting their players, you know, acclimated to game speed after not having any kind of off season. So I'm not just saying this for the Dallas Cowboys. You you've seen it in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. You've seen what adding a new offense in the Cleveland Browns, what that looked like. It's going to take some time. Um, So, you know, that's just something we have to bear with, but the talent is there. You got Dak Prescott, who finished the QB2 uh, in fantasy last season. You, he has a boatload of weapons. You already, we're not going to have to talk about this team too much because you, know you know what they get into. Amari Cooper was a top 10 wide receiver last year. Michael Gallup had over 1,000 yards and I, th- I think like six or seven touchdowns. They lost Randall Cobb, but they got CeeDee Lamb talented wide receiver first round pick they have they have legit weapons Dak Prescott has progressed every year that he's been in the NFL and then they took the chains off when they kicked Scott Linehan out and added Kellen Moore now you don't have Jason Garrett sticking his fingers in the cookie jar in terms of game planning um, the Rams game, it was, I don't want to say underwhelming. It was just not something that I was expecting. Um, you know, it was a little contained. It felt like, you know, they really relied on Zeke, um, in the passing game and in the run game, he was crushing it, but that's what he normally do. You wanted to see some downfield shots, um, from Dak Prescott and the wide receivers you did have Jay, uh, Jalen Ramsey lurking around, shutting the guys down for most of the game. They were really taking the underneath stuff. Losing Blake Jarwin really hurt because you saw what happened when Danny Schultz came in. It, it was like, ugh. Seriously, this is the guy we got to work with now? And there's no shade on him, but it, it really felt like he wasn't prepared when Jarwin came down. So I hope that that position is addressed uh, in the next couple of weeks, because you're not going to be able to, if Danny has another game like that, you're going to have to hit the waiver wire, not the waiver wire. You're going to have to hit, uh, the free agency pool and grab somebody else off, um, off the pile and bring them in. You know, there was already speculations that Delaney Walker was going to be the new guy brought in for the tight end position. Makes sense. If he can still play. 
he had to deal with injuries too, which is why he doesn't have a team right now. But the wide receiver position is deadly. Um, we got to see a glimpse of what CeeDee Lamb could do. He's going to see more work now that Blake Jarwin isn't there. So that's a plus. That means the wide receivers as a whole will likely get a jump in targets because now you don't have a tight end to rely on. I'm not picking up Schultz uh, off waivers yet. I got to see him perform to an optimal level first before I, I, I waste a waiver pick on a guy who's just assuming the job. And you saw what he did during the um, Rams game. Passes bouncing off his hands. They weren't high or out of control either. They were just bouncing off due hands. So the Cowboys offense is going to, it's still going to be one of the better offenses in the league, but they're off to a slow start. And you can't have that. But you don't have to worry about, uh, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that too much longer. But they definitely need to get hit their foot on the gas and get things going. Washington, they finished three and thirteen last season. They're one of the more trickier teams. Jalen said he actually called them. He that's his dark horse for the division. Um, after the way the defense played and they mauled Carson Wentz, I kind of get where he what he was seeing. He really liked Chase Young coming out of the draft. Um, Chase Young was abusing Peterson. And it was like, you guys paid him $2 million more and to be a turnstile because he was getting, he was, he got, it was just nasty. We actually have a, a clip on our, you know, on the fantasy's finest, uh, account on Twitter. Oh, shout out to Drake for trying to come at, you know, our, our account with that, uh, with that jab, with that Cowboys jab, you know, I had to, uh, it had to be addressed. <laughs> I'll say that much, but, uh, you know, just poking fun, but the, that defense looked legit. Now, is it because the Eagles offensive line was just putrid or was it the fact that these guys, this defense, or at least this front seven, is going to be a problem. Let's see what they do in week two. But for right now, that's arguably the best defense in the division, or at least they have the best front seven because the Cowboys front seven didn't look that great. They let Malcolm Brown, they turned Malcolm Brown into freaking uh, Saquon Barkley. He was running all over us. So until that defense lives up to the, free agency players that they draft, they, uh, they brought in and you know, it looks better. It's hands down. Washington has the best front seven on, you know, in actual play, not maybe not in name, but they got eight sacks on a bad offensive line. That's eight. How often does that happen? Now, when you look at the quarterback position, Dwayne Haskins, he didn't look like, you know, oh, man, this guy can just chuck it all over the place. But maybe that's because they scaled back the offense. Like I said, the first game of the season, you're not going to really reveal all your tricks. So you're going to take it a little easy. So maybe that's what it was. Plus, you got Darius Slay slowing down Terry McLaurin. All the other weapons all at the wide receiver position are kind of un, un, uh, not really known. You have Sims. You have Dontrell Inman. You know, he's a journey guy. You don't know what you have in Sims, but he's your slot guy. You have a committee at running back. You have Antonio Gibson, who you're hoping is going to take the lead eventually because Peyton Barber, I don't know how long you're going to keep trotting out Peyton Barber like he's something. He's not. 1.7 yards per carry. Uh, he had like, how many carries did he have? He had, he led the lead. He led that team. He led the Washington team in carries and he did have two touchdown dives, but he was trash otherwise. So you can't, you can't expect him to hold on to the league. It's not league lead role that much longer. I would be shocked. Even for Ron Rivera, I don't see that happening. 
they're gonna they're waiting for Antonio Gibson to take the job. And he has the talent to do that. This kid can get out. That's why they bumped Adrian Peterson. They let him go. He's a lion now. Antonio Gibson is going to be the next Washington running back. He's going to be Christian McCaffrey-like. He can catch out of the backfield. He can do his his breakaway speed is crazy. He just got to get a hold of him. That offensive line has to play better, open up them holes. Eagles D Eagles D line is formidable. They're one of the best rushing defenses in the league. It showed one. You held the best. You held the guy who was getting the most carries out of Washington to one point seven yards per carry. That's legit. So maybe the Eagles got the best, the second best D line in in the division. It is what it is. You can't refute. You can't refute numbers. You can't refute facts. You can't refute what you saw on game day. You just can't. I don't like admitting it. I still think my team is better overall, but they got to show it. Week one is in the books. Both the Eagles and the Cowboys got L's. Washington actually has a win. They're basement dwellers. Or they have been the last few years. But, you know, the NFL is an ever-changing beast. It's never the same. Unless you're New England. Then then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Was- Washington has some nice pieces. Terry McLaurin is going to see a lot of volume. Uh, you just got to keep an eye on him. Maybe if they start throwing the ball a little bit more as the season goes on, that'll be great for him. But outside of that, Terry McLaurin is going to be your safest wide receiver in that group. Um, I really wanted Antonio Gandy-Golden to, to pick up, but he didn't make it out of camp. He's the wide receiver four on a depth chart. So maybe an injury brings him out. Um, that's a guy I would tell you to keep your eye on. He's one of my rookie sleepers. So just keep tabs on him. That's the only thing you can do right now until an injury happens and um, it knocks one of those starting wide receivers out. So, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, I want to see more. But right now, if I'll say this, if he doesn't hold on to the starting job, they might act, you might actually see Alex Smith this year. It's a big might, but it, it could happen. If Alex Smith comes in, because Dwayne Haskins can't hold on to the job, the division might be in a, it might be a power shift. And I'm not trying to gas Alex Smith too much, but before he went down in uh, 2018, the Washington Redskins at the time, we're like six and oh, or six and one, or something like that. They were leading the division. And then he went down with an injury and they just fell to pieces. So before you say Alex Smith sucks, or Alex Smith got one leg and he can't, or, you know, leg jokes, stay them drums. But the Washington Redskins at the time were like six and oh. So that's. It can happen, and especially if that defense keeps playing the way that it did on uh, in week one. Just saying. Now we go and move on to the New York Giants. They finished four and twelve. This is my dark horse uh, out of division, and the reason is because Jason Garrett is a better offensive coordinator than he is a head coach. Now. They didn't look too great against the Steelers um, for week one. Saquon Barkley got held to seven yards rushing. Seven yards rushing. That's ridiculous for the Steelers to be able to do that. Now, we all know that Saquon can get bottled up sometimes, but he has the ability to hit a home run at any given moment. And the Steelers was like, no. You are not doing that to us. Seven yards. Ugh, that's just, it's unbelievable. I do like Daniel Jones. 
uh, on the season. I think his first four, like I've said before, his first four games are going to be extremely hard. He's playing some of the best defenses in the league. His first four games, uh, you can't you can't plug him in your lineup right now. But after those four games, his schedule starts to lighten up. That's when you might be able to get him. So keep your eye on Daniel. Danny Dimes. He was chucking the ball. He hit Darius uh, Slayton for two touchdowns, I, I believe, Monday, Monday night. Nine targets for Slayton. I got him on my bench in one league. He's going to start throwing, and Sterling Shepard's going to get more involved in the game. I'm not really worried about that. Um, I actually seen him on waivers in one league. Matter of fact, I might need to go pick this ball up right now. You know, but I'll, I'll wait till after the podcast to get that get that done. But they do have some good weapons. Evan Ingram, he's a solid. He's a very good tight end. I was going to say solid, but he's very good. He just can't stay on the field. He just can't. For every season, he gets hurt. But if he stays on the field, that's a safety valve for Daniel Jones. So he doesn't have to throw the ball downfield all the time. But he's showing you that he can. Now, I do expect Jason Garrett to uh, rein him in just a little bit so he doesn't have to throw the ball downfield all the time. You'll have Golden Tate back from injury. Um, I don't know what he was dealing with, but he didn't play uh, Monday night in week one. But you still have a deep threat in Slayton. You have a very consistent wide receiver in uh, Shepard. Tate is going to be your, he's likely going to be your slot guy. He's still got it. It's all, it's all a matter of Daniel Jones putting it together and, um, you know, making that step, taking that leap in, in year two. I don't think you'll be able to rely on the Giants defense too much. They were getting picked apart by Big Ben who hadn't played a whole year. So, the defense is probably going to let you down. So they're going to have to they're going to have to throw a lot and they're going to have to stay in games behind Daniel Jones arm. That's just that's just what it looks like. The Giants defense is not good right now. You know, they got they they don't have much of a secondary. They did sign uh the guy Logan um Logan Ryan. So that's a that's a nice addition. But overall, I don't see the Giants defense as a bigger threat as any other defense in the division. Um, I like I, I like I said, I have Slayton on my D, on my um on my bench. I don't have any shares of Evan Ingram. I was just worried. Despite the talent, I was just worried about him remaining healthy for the season. And his price was a little higher than what I was targeting. So I kind of passed on him. Not be like I said, not because of talent, but just his draft price and where he was being picked up. Um, I like to wait later for tight end, so that's my that was my strategy. But uh I don't know, man. Is th- this division could be really tight if by week four or week five everybody's clicking. You know, the Eagles are healthy. Dallas's offense and defense are on the same page. Uh, Washington starts to be more prolific with their passing game. They give Antonio Gibson a ball and he's, he's meeting all expectations. And Daniel Jones is showing you that he can make the next step, maybe in the next two or three weeks. It's going to be the division, you know, they like to call it the NFC lease, but this could be one of the tightest division divisions uh, in the league down the stretch. Now, I know what you're saying. You know you know what I'm going with if I have to pick. I'm going to pick my Cowboys. But it's not without reason. Like I said, all the Cowboys have to do uh is gel. Their offense has they have to open up the playbook. You know, everybody's gotten their feet wet so far. Now it's time for them to, you're going to have to open up the play. They have the Falcons this week for week 2. You cannot play you can't play vanilla against the Falcons. Matt Ryan will throw 500 yards on you and not blink. They have Julio Jones. 
So you're going to have to go. It, it has the potential for a shootout. So you can't play. You can't play light with them. They'll come out of nowhere and get you. So this may be, we may be able to see more out of the offense this than this game. Um, in terms of handling the division, Dallas has one of the best records divisional-wise um, the last couple of years since Dak Prescott's come into the, to the league. The, Dallas is dealing with injuries as well, but they they may not be... Well, they're kind of bad because you lose Leighton Van Der Esch for six to eight weeks. Whether he can come back, you know, remains to be seen. He has a collarbone injury, but they have, a, you know, they have it, it's it may just rely on the Dallas Cowboys front seven or their, their defensive line, rather, and the offense putting up a lot of points. That's what it may come down to. And Dallas was already one of the best uh, scoring or best offenses in the league last season. They have to build on that. The Eagles, the Washington, the Giants, they're not at that perceived level yet. The Eagles are going to put up the best fight, though. They always seem to do that. They have a shot. If I if my the Giants are my dark horse team, but we all know that the Eagles are going to put up the best fight when it comes to trying to take the division from the Cowboys. That's just what it is. That rivalry is strong. So I don't expect the Eagles to be slouches. Not at all. Even if I hate them or don't like them, hate is a very strong word. But even if I don't like the Eagles, they're going to be, they're going to be around. If Carson Wentz is healthy, they're going to be around. You can get, you can bet your bottom dollar. They will. So don't sleep on the Eagles, but I, I will take the Cowboys to edge them out this year. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see if my prediction is right, but that's it. We are done with the NFC East breakdown. We are ready to go full throttle into the regular season. I am excited and I really need some W's for week two. I want more of my fantasy teams to win for week two. So let's get it. Week two was about to kick off and I can't wait, man. We get football. We have football this season. It's so surreal. Like I've been pinching myself for the last two days because we actually have football. I get to talk trash with my friends about football. It's one of my favorite sports. So that's great. I hope you guys are having a good time as far as your fantasy leagues. Um, Whenever, if you feel like ever asking me questions on Twitter, I'm always there. I always try and answer as many questions as I can. Um, if you, if I don't get back to you, it's not because I'm not trying to answer questions. Um, it's sometimes it's just a lot, you know, I've got, I've had people ask me to rate their draft, their entire draft, 12 teams. I'm like, man, that is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot to do. And, you know, especially with everything else I'm trying to do right now, but I will never shirk away from answering questions. So if, if you feel like I can give you some good advice, feel free to ask me. I don't mind. And if you can't, if you can't get me in my mentions, leave some DMS, you can leave a DM on the fantasy finest account um, as well. Um, and you can leave some, if you are on Instagram or you're on Facebook, you can join the community there. DM me on Instagram too and or DM the fancy finest account on Instagram and you know, we'll get your DMS. I really want to start a mailbag. Like when, uh, you know, you send in your fancy questions and we can answer them during the podcast. I would love to do that. So if you have any questions, you can email us at fantasies, finest three at gmail.com and we'll get your questions and we can go from there. Leave your, uh, if you're on like social media, leave your hashtag handle and we'll give you a shout out with your question over the podcast. I do not have a problem doing that either. But let's wrap this episode up full throttle into the full into the regular season. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll holler at you guys later. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Thanks for listening 
to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.